I'm delighted to say, uh, joined by uh, John Bonfilio from Campeche in uh, Mexico. Uh, John, thanks uh, ever so much for joining us. Good evening, Martin. Now we've got an election coming up in uh, Brazil, uh, and it's uh, Lula, the guy who was the president before um, before Bolsonaro, and he's he's pretty well in the lead at the moment, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's, yeah, he's the guy who was two-term president, 2003 to 2010, oversaw a, a really a golden era of growth for, for Brazil, but then was tainted in the Lava Jato and a couple of other corruption scandals, did some time, but then the Supreme Court said that the judge that, that did him was biased, so he was out again, and still retains a lot of support, I mean, as, as an individual, massively uh, in favour still among in Brazil, especially amongst the, uh, the poor and, and working class. It's just his party absolutely was uh, implicit and complicit in some pretty big corruption scandals. And then on the other hand, you've got our old friend Jair Bolsonaro, uh, who is uh, has been promoting for the last four years and will continue to, to promote something of a Brazil first uh, policy, you know, echoing the, the Trumpian American first mm. uh, model uh, and really, you know, classic, I guess, kind of neoliberal uh, policies in terms of uh, things like reducing red tape, uh, being tough on uh, crime. He's very big on the expansion of mining and agriculture, which, of course, brings him and uh, Brazilian business into conflict with not just the Amazon and uh, communities in the Amazon, but also really makes Brazil something of a global outcast and pariah mm. because nobody else on Earth really wants to see that. That happening at this stage. So the way that elections work in Latin America generally is that everybody and their uncle and the pet goat go up for uh, election in the first round. And then that gets uh, winnowed down to the top two unless somebody gets over 50 percent of the vote, which is unusual with so many candidates. So uh, almost certainly, even though Lula is ahead of Bolsonaro, it looks as if it's going to head off to a second uh, to a runoff on October the 30th prolonging this kind of existential crisis which Brazil is is undergoing and will continue to undergo for the next few weeks. Yeah. Um, now, while we're looking at the news from Latin America, um, interesting that uh, over here, Hurricane Ian didn't really get a lot of coverage uh, until it uh, landed in Florida, um, but it had already caused a certain amount of devastation in uh, Cuba before that. Yeah, it's interesting with the news cycles, what you know, what makes the news cycles in different countries and so on. And for sure, you know, U.S. news and, and devastation, of course, with Aragonian is much more likely to make it across to the Anglo-Saxon islands uh, on the other side of the pond. But it, it very much ploughed through uh, Cuba, the north northwest tip of Cuba, Pinar del Rio, uh, on Tuesday, leaving, would you believe, the entire nation without power. Yeah. 11 million people powerless, and a lot of them still... Uh, still have no power. And interestingly, I mean, it's a, just over a year since 
the protests took place in Cuba in July last year, and there are protests on the streets again in Cuba at the moment, uh, bemoaning the lack of a government response to getting uh, to getting the electrical infrastructure uh, back online, which a few years ago would have been unheard of. I mean, even five people on the street in Cuba protesting was something you never would have seen. But it certainly seems though the protests last year uh, have let the genie out of the bottle somewhat. Also, statistically, uh, really interesting. 200,000 Cubans have been intercepted by U.S. Border Patrol this year alone. Wow. And I was looking at that in terms of you know comparing that. Because sometimes figures you think, well, how much is this, whatever. But that is, with a population of 11.3 million, that means that just over one in 50 Cubans has been intercepted by U.S. Border Patrol this year attempting to cross into the USA, which is a hell of a stat. That is an amazing stat, that. Uh, I mean, we talk about, you know, boat, boatloads of immigrants uh, illegally arriving in the uh, in the UK from France, but, uh, you know, this sort of dwarfs that, doesn't it, puts it into perspective. Yeah, for sure. The um, You know, whatever you think of the of the Cuban experiment, uh, which has been going on for 50, 60 years now, um, it is definitely undergoing its biggest series of ongoing crises on the island in terms of continuing that that project. It certainly seems as though um, a, a generation of, of young people who are who don't really remember what took place and so on and perhaps haven't lived through what, what occurred in the past are, are making pretty uh, summary decisions about what they want from life and it isn't life uh, on a communist island. No, absolutely not. Um, in sport, the uh, Court of Arbitration for Sport, this is in Lausanne, um, they're going to, they're listening. I heard some news about this tonight. I wasn't, didn't quite take it in, but they're listening to uh, Chile's claim that uh, Ecuador should be thrown out of the World Cup, uh, for fielding an, a non-eligible player. Yeah, this takes us back to a few weeks ago. We spoke about this infamous individual, Byron Castillo who is Ecuadorian, allegedly, but actually he's probably Colombian. Uh, he certainly has a, a real birth certificate in Colombia, and perhaps his Ecuadorian birth certificate might not be as uh, bona fide, legit, as uh, as you one would hope when playing for, for, for an international team. Yeah. And you know, fairly clearly he was, yeah, I mean, he's even been recorded as saying as much uh on radio, uh, he was ineligible to play for Ecuador. So Chile are demanding that those points that they lost to Ecuador in those games be passed over to them. And actually, Peru, for good measure, have jumped on board too. FIFA rejected this uh, this case outright earlier in the month when actually Castillo, Byron Castillo, was due to turn up, but actually refused. He last minute didn't uh, didn't turn up. And so uh, Chile, as I say, along with Peru, have now taken it to the Court of Arbitration for Sport in Lausanne. Um, where there will be a decision, uh, we think, by the 10th of November, which is, remarkably, a full 10 days before the World Cup starts. And the really amazing thing about this is, it's pretty clear that Byron Castillo is not Ecuadorian, that he is Colombian, and that there was some you know, uh, fakery taking place in terms of getting him across to play for Ecuador. Everybody basically admits that. But it's just such a big decision, or it would have been such a big decision for FIFA to have to make to shift those points. Yeah. Um, but the, but the, so they basically, you know, turned a blind eye and said, nothing to see here, Gov. <laughs> um, but it would be interesting to see what the Court of Arbitration for Sport says, because, you know, they could potentially very easily say, hold on a minute, he is not 
you know, that he is an ineligible player. And so this all has to be shifted around, which also got me to thinking um, that remember Denmark in 1992 yes. won the Euro Championships mm. uh, and they only got in last minute because Yugoslavia was disqualified. So I, maybe not that bad an, an idea for an outside bet and amazing odds for people to go and take a punt on a country which isn't even in the World Cup at the moment to win the World Cup uh, vis-a-vis Chile. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, by all means, uh, we're, I mean, my big bet at the moment is, uh, uh, is Liz Truss out by Christmas, but uh, <laughs> I've got 11 to 2. Is she not there. doing well? Um, it's not not been a uh, it's not been a great start. I was reading somewhere that uh, she's been um, prime minister for three weeks, half of which was spent in mourning, so um, she wasn't mm. doing anything, and then managed to um, make a budget statement which not 500 billion billion 500 billion pounds uh, off um, off the UK markets. Um, oh. And uh, you know, the Bank of England have had to step in. <laughs> just... That's a shame. She seems she seems so charismatic, like you know, it's the so kind of politician you can really get behind. So charismatic, amazing. Um, so I'm going to the interesting. That's a couple of queries I've got for you. I'm going to Los Angeles in uh, November, November the 15th. So, which I only just realised, um, I'll be there during the World Cup. So what what time will I have to get up to watch matches in the in the World Cup when I'm in LA? Because it'd be a similar time difference to yourself, won't it? Yeah, you, if you're in LA, you'll be two hours behind me. Although the clocks will have changed then, so you might uh, be an hour behind me. Basically, your evening—it's almost ideal because right. the daytime matches are going to be on in your evening. But I was under the impression that we were going to meet and have some drinks in. Tijuana and never yeah. likely never be seen again. So well, I wouldn't make too much. So we're have planning. drinks in Tijuana because I checked it out when you said that. Um, there's a train that goes from uh, Los Angeles. I mean, at least it says that on the internet. You never know whether um, these things happen in America. A train and in inverted commas. Come come to Tijuana on a train. See how well that goes. Well, I'm very much hoping to. I'm very much hoping yeah, to. Yeah, no, I, 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 I've booked. I've booked a couple of days. <laughs> I, I'm happy to take you across Tijuana's finest eateries and uh, low-life uh, bars and drinkeries. Just let me add a little bit of a caveat to that. I might have my wife with me. so oh, I'm sure she'll enjoy it. I'm sure she will, but what I'm saying is the low-life bars, uh, <laughs> etc. Um, they might be um, off-limits. Who knows? Okay. Who knows? Yeah. Noted. Noted. Yeah, j- just saying. Um, John, so, uh, thank you ever so much, and we'll uh, we'll talk again next week. And start See to, you start booking in November. Tomorrow. Yes, November. Brilliant. Right. Thank you ever so much, uh, John Bonfilio, there joining us from uh, Campeche in Mexico. To you, one I've been just.